I'm gonna pull out mine. I want to feel professional. You took notes? Yeah, I took notes. What you said? On what? Well, what you wanted to talk about. So I just started writing oh. down anything I could think of in case you need. We need anything. I'm prepared on all levels. Oh, I love that. Okay, I got caffeinated thanks. so I can focus. I'm yeah. like, all right, we're gonna zoom in. What do you have? Frappuccino. What did I have? Oh, oh, it was a packet left in the bottom of my snack bowl. It's a hydration, so it's like a Gatorade powder that also has caffeine in it. Oh, interesting. I don't know how much. Did you but mix my heart- it with liquid? <laughs> no, took it dry to the dome. <laughs> just put it on my tongue like it was ecstasy and just use my saliva. <laughs> like pre workout. Sounds delicious. No, I put it in my water bottle. I'm not, okay. a, I'm not a monster. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course, I've never been happier to do a podcast. I really haven't. Isn't it crazy that this might be our first one on one conversation? I think it is. I think the first time I knew I wanted to have a one-on-one conversation was when you read me to filth at a rehearsal for an improv rehearsal. What do you mean? We were playing Jackbox games. We were playing uh, Joke Boat. Oh, And oh, it was like this. you had to roast somebody. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you made... I, I remember that Youth Pastor was part of the roast. Yeah. And I was like, it's rare that I meet <laughs> yeah. someone that just knows me right off the bat. <laughs> glad you took it in stride because well it's the funniest thing anybody's ever said about me so i was like hell yeah nobody takes the opportunity as like i'm open for it i'm like please yeah can i tell you when i knew i wanted to have a conversation with you yeah it's when we were in the green room before a show and i said i really need a tampon just like generally to everyone and then you slipped out and found me a tampon and i was like so nice. I'm nice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't I have even a mission. ask you to. Well, like so nice. nobody moved. Everybody's like, cool. Yeah. I was like, no but I was kind of just, I was just, you know, monologuing to myself. Oh. Before that. I was like, oh, and I need this. And a tampon. Yeah. Anybody have a tampon? You know, but yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really remember that, but I'm glad I did that. Yeah. All right. That's a Thank good one so for much. me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anytime. Yeah. Have faith in yourself. Cool. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> so um, I came on your podcast. Uh, you and uh, our other friends, Charlie and Becca, have a podcast. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Youth Group Survivor Group. Support Group. I'm um, sorry. Support Youth. What is it? Youth Group Survivor, Survivor Support Group. group. Yes. I wanted to make the longest <laughs> name that yeah. anyone could have. That would be hard to remember. Was it your idea? Um. So, oh, so interesting here's how it started becca and i were at an infinity rehearsal and we mm-hmm. had just gotten added to the group infinity was our uh, improv group that we were all in together and we were talking about just growing up in youth group and how strange of an experience it was looking back mm-hmm. now as people who didn't go to church regularly anymore and we said we should make a sketch show it should be a sketch show we'll yeah. just have like a youth group night where we just do a whole improvised service or write sketches or whatever and we talked to some friends and like this is a really good idea and then it kind of fell through. And then Charlie Allen, who is the third co-host, mm-hmm. after Becca and I said, you know what? It should." Becca said it should be a podcast. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Charlie slid into our DMs, pulled us both aside, and then basically said, you're going to do this podcast with me. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. okay. And Becca and I at the time were like celebrity crushing on Charlie really hard because we <laughs> liked his music. We've all been there. Yeah. I was just like, you're so <laughs> cool. Please hang out with us. Yeah. Just the desperation reeking mm-hmm. off us. And then we started, it would have been three years ago now. And wow. that, that's really the impetus. We were just like, yeah, we all had weird stuff happen to us. And then over time it became clear that 
the one who had the least happen was Becca. She was just like bullied out of right. out of a youth group, which right. sucks. Very different experience, it's but very valid. different. It's valid. very valid. It's mm-hmm. not like she didn't have anything happen. Yeah. It's just as the layers of the onion unfold for me. She wasn't as deep in the lore. She was of not evangelical. No, she hadn't yeah. read the Silmarillion. No, she, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> that was more my jam. Well, it's so hilarious. Uh, you should listen to it, um, oh, and we'll plug you. it again later, just so people remember. But um, thank yeah, you so for doing I'll... podcast outreach, <laughs> doing oh. your volunteer. That's my charity. (laughs) No, no, I went on their show and it was so fun. But we talked about a Christian dating experience that Mm. I had had, which was really fun and traumatic for me too. (laughs) That's the show, baby. (laughs) But I love. It felt like I got an an energy and a vibe from you that this isn't. This just is the tip of the iceberg. Like this just scratches the surface Mm -hmm. of your Christian dating knowledge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I would. I'm not by no means an expert. I am unschooled in the ways of mm, like the mm. books and all of that stuff for like the deconstruction. Book, what do you mean the books? Uh, the Bible. No, I've read the Bible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would say I know a lot about Christian dating because that's all I did until I was probably like 25 or 26. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like in that world, like prayed for, prayed How old for are my you wife. Now? I'm 30. Okay. So it's only been five years removed, I Damn. would say. So did you meet your wife in the church? Yeah, uh, we met in college, and then we kind of went to a Baptist church for okay. a while together. And I, I don't like Baptist churches like at all. I grew up Southern Baptist. It's probably my least favorite denomination. It's I've, intense. It's, it's so bad. I think the thing about Baptists that gets me is, um, so everyone back in Jesus's day drank wine because water, like clean water, wasn't super yeah. available. Yeah, but they they will jump through hoops to convince you that for some reason when Jesus turned the water into wine based off of the Greek origin of the word like it wasn't fully fermented and it was just grape juice there is no way <laughs> like, bitch, in it's any wine. universe it wasn't <laughs> alcoholic you morons yeah. what are you talking about just like if you don't want to drink don't drink but don't drag Jesus into your weird shit like I, I need to learn more about the origins of why they felt I mean it's well, one was, thing to say alcohol can be harmful. It's sure. another thing to say the Bible said you can't have alcohol. I'll tell you why the Baptist theology like excludes alcohol, at least from what I think I know. This is going to be wild mm-hmm. if it comes out to be different. Okay. But a lot of like Baptist theology stems out of like, so there's some icky stuff with race too, uh, <laughs> which there always is. <laughs> like, they literally had a branch come off called Second Baptist because Second Baptist believed that black people were human. Right. First Baptist oh, didn't change the wording in their church constitutions until the 80s or 90s. They first, wow, because I First Baptist is the only kind of churches I see around. I have I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a Second Baptist church. They're the largest Southern denomination, at least around here. Yep. Um, I, I think Church of Christ is pretty big, yeah. too. Like, those are the two big monolithic churches you'll see mm-hmm. around. But yeah, First Baptist didn't take out slavery or that black people weren't people in their theology until like late 80s like right way too right. fucking late same with the mormon church mormon churches oh we could go there oh we, we should do there. a whole episode we about should. that <laughs> we were on a flight so we me and my husband went to to london for yeah. uh the holidays and we were on like a, an 11 hour flight maybe it wasn't 11 hours. it was a long flight and yeah. it was overnight and the person behind us was the most obnoxious guy ever and he was sitting next to a mormon missionary and so kind of both in their own personal hells 
in a weird way, they were paying for their sins. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> but everyone else had to pay well, for it, too. But the obnoxious guy, he was, like, not aware enough to realize that the questions that he was asking were... He was like, oh, so you're Mormon, so you, like, fuck a bunch of women, huh? Like, things like that. And oh I, my it God. took everything I died. Of, I died now of second, <laughs> now third-hand embarrassment. I know. The missionary was <laughs> so kind, though. It took everything in me not to turn around and join that conversation. I just, <laughs> just listened. I just see you on, like, the back of the seat, like, what you talking about? I know. I didn't sleep i was so intrigued but also annoyed that they were talking through like, you I was like, like a half earbud in just like i'm not actually listening wink, 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 wink. um i had like the cheap little earphone or headphones they give you to watch oh, the movies yeah. but i wasn't watching anything <laughs> it's like when you go to the you grocery had, store you had red eye paused <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like when you go to the grocery store and you're wearing like head buds but yes. you're not listening to anything you just you want a signal yeah. that you're not you don't want to be talked to. Talk- yeah, I have yeah. my true crime podcast turned down real low, but I got both in. Yeah. I don't want you talking to me at a Kroger. Exactly. No, please, no. I know. Don't do that. But anyways. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a lot of this. That's the title is anyway. Ellipses. Anyways. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that flight just made me think, wow, I know so much more about Mormonism than I think because I'm like in my head answering these questions along with the missionary who was very kind and generous to this crazer. So I mean, we got to do something with that. For sure. It is crazy how much knowledge is out there about the Mormon church that Mormon folk don't refute, but don't actively engage with. Yeah. Like all the stuff about getting their own planet and stuff. They never say no but they don't directly engage with you when you bring it up. They're like, so anyway, it's so strange. You believe that. Right. Right? Right. Or, or are you like a cultural Mormon? Like like people are culturally evangelical. Which is I, I think in every religion there is, you can only take it so far. I think the human intellect can only believe so much bullshit I, like even i don't know maybe yeah. that's giving people too much credit but even well, when i was christian <laughs> yeah like really in doc sorry cricket i knew she was gonna do that oh i could tell it was building even when oh cricket get down. <laughs> you crazy She's you're so insane. crazy sorry everybody my <laughs> shorky is going wild oh there are people <laughs> existing outside what was i saying and we're talking about the, oh, oh. the amount of the human ability to put up yes. with enough bullshit. Yes. I was going to say, even when I was really indoctrinated, yeah. I, I could not understand or make myself believe hell. Really? Yeah. That was the one thing I couldn't not believe. Really? Yeah. I held on to hell post. Oh, okay. Deacon, well, wherever I'm at in deconstruction, I held on to it for so long because huh. that was the one thing that I thought made the most sense to me. I was like, yeah, we got to suffer. But I think it's part of like how I was particularly traumatized and abused is like, I deserve this. Like, yeah, I don't, I haven't earned any of the love that I've felt in my life. That sort of depravity. I felt that depravity. I felt, you know, you're born evil, Yeah, but I didn't. Oh, that was the worst fights I ever had with my wife was about like the Mm. nature, like human original sin. I stayed in the original sin camp for way too long. We had knocked down drag out arguments about like, no, people are born good. And I was like, there's no way that's true. Oh, wow. So we got in those fights a lot yeah. early in our relationship. So I believed in total depravity, but had a really hard time wrapping my head around like a fiery seven layer hell. Like oh, yeah. Dante's that never Inferno made sense. experience. Yeah. yeah. Was there any part of Christian doctrine that everyone around you was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were like, nah. Um, you know, 
the older I get, the more I reflect on how I believed. And I think I kind of was just going along with everybody. I, I never stopped. To, I did not internalize or reflect on much of anything other than how wrapped up in my own like self-loathing I was for a long time. Hmm. Uh, like they would talk about creation. And I was like, yeah, probably sure. Whatever. Like hell's real. I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. But the whole time I was just wrapped up in that. I'm such a, I'm such a garbage person. Like for so long, is that um, something that you got from Christianity? No, I think it's mental illness. Okay. I, I, I think I think it fed into my own particular mental illness pretty heavily. And and the religion probably didn't help. No, it made it worse. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know I was suffering panic attacks when I was like having nightmares about hell and would wake up unable wow. to breathe. Like I thought this was just like the weight of like the spiritual weight of conviction I thought is what that was but now I know that's like panic attacks I'm having anxiety attacks about hell interesting so when so so you would have like panic attacks and you would say to yourself it's God communicating to me I would I would think I was under I I would think it was God this is see if I can remember the language I would think it was God removing his preventative grace to allow me to feel the weight of my sin and depravity. I thought I was feeling the spiritual darkness I was in wrap, wrapped up in as a teen because I liked anime. As a test? Uh, just to let me know what I would be experiencing if I didn't get my, my spirit right with God. That's what I thought. But you were constantly experiencing it. Constantly. Oh, yeah. So I had to get up at night. Was your spirit ever right? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was wrong pretty consistently. <laughs> I think it's safe to say it was not correct. We're gonna yeah. go to the books. It looks like I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would like just I would have to tell my parents what I thought I had done wrong that day just to be able to go to sleep. Like I thought that was what I was feeling because that's what my dad told me it was, and my grandfather all the time were like, "That's what that is." So I would throw away books and movies and all the stuff I owned and loved just because I was like, "This has to be what's keeping me up." Star Wars has to be evil. Shut your mouth. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll leave. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Shortest episode. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I can't believe that's so interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There is, there is a part of Christianity that's kind of like, yeah, God's loving. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He has our best interest at heart, but he will inflict random and severe pain on you but at any petty. moment. He's petty. I, you wouldn't think that in, in, in the their moment. version. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in their version, he's so loving. He's a manipulator in their version. He's like an abusive. Yeah. Like a grooming sort of person in, in their theology. He like sets you up to be exactly the way he wants you. Yeah. And if you step out of line once, you get beat back onto the narrow path. Yeah. Like that was the whole theology we had growing up. Because that was what our grandfather taught everybody in our community. Like that's So what your was. grandfather was your uh spiritual leader? Oh yeah. He controlled everything. Still does. The way they're deferential to him is when I say I grew up in a cult, that's what I'm talking about. Is like they look to him as like this charismatic head, like patriarchal head of our family and community. Like he pastored a small church in Clarksville in throughout like the religious reawakening in the mid eighties through the early nineties. Mm -hmm. And when that church fell apart, the community followed him and they all set up on the road I grew up on. So there was like little houses that would pop up with these big, like quiverful families that yep. all like went to him for everything they needed spiritually. And he, I think it went to his head. I don't see how it couldn't, especially, I feel like that's what he wanted. Like, hmm. yeah, I feel like he always wanted to be a performer or something. Because he really, really, you could just tell he liked being listened to. He Every loves pastor talking. 
I, I feel like has somewhat. that bug I to think, some degree. Yeah. Yeah. So are you do you are you in relationship with him? Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw him two days ago. Okay. Yeah. He's like a skin suit. It's insane how far down from what I remember him as a youth to where he is now. I'm like, I don't know why anybody listens to him. He's barely coherent anymore. Really? But people still like sit and have these like wide eyed, like tell us more, a wizened one. <laughs> so people will still sit and listen to your grandfather despite, I don't know, has he had any scan? Well, I guess you can't. I was going to ask you, has he had any scandals, but I know he'd have to <laughs> air his dirty laundry. I, I'm not. I, there are 80 episodes of me continually i read his letters that he sends out on the air that's something i've been thinking about not to say that he's not qualified um but what is qualification in a in a a spiritual sense you know yeah yeah yeah. they talk about calling and it is it is calling yeah but like when you were in church did you ever for one second think i wonder what authority this person has to get up on this stage and influence the lives of hundreds of young people just thought they were cool. Yeah. He's like, you're the coolest guy. You're like the <laughs> coolest college dropout I've ever met. Wait, who are you talking about? Oh, my youth pastors are cool. Really? I, I had, I, I liked my youth pastors. Cool now or cool then? Cool then and cool now. They've all Damn. become like progressive. Most of them are not oh, okay. ex-evangelical fully, but they're definitely not like ranting alt-right idiots. Slay. Which, yeah, I agree. Yes, queen. We go for it every time. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah pretty my happy youth pastors that. were um, kind gentlemen. N- uh, not a lot was going on cerebrally. Mm. No, there never is. They're mostly like major. Yeah. As I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Major in like ultimate frisbee, most of them. To- totally. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. either that or actually I had one youth pastor who was, I think, might be the most charismatic person in like a soulless way does that make sense like a sociopathic way like just a narcissist way oh, yeah, I, like but in like a kind of yeah like i like found if out they didn't find validation in that they could kill people <laughs> maybe, maybe psychopath is not what i mean to say no, i, I just mean like like the kind of empty charisma that maybe a cult leader might have oh, which yeah, yeah. in a way it is sort of a, a cult if you you know want to twist it that way but if you look at it and you go down the checklist it's yeah. a cult and he was a performer mm. he was a performer and um his poor wife has never experienced an orgasm i know <sighs> that for a fact it's such a shame yeah they always marry these like really attractive effusive wives why are they always so hot the They're wives always hot why a youth pastor's wife is so hot why is that huge and just <laughs> and and supple yeah and and, and glowing uh, skin glowing skin is small is it pores curly hair almost like loose curly i know almost exactly always. what you're talking about I'm, it's insane they're this they're like made that like way. They, roller curls uh, down and yeah and they just like white teeth most of them can sing not all yeah. of them but most of them can sing yeah all of them have a kind smile and a nice word for whoever comes to them yeah they're always bringing something out of the kitchen yeah and they didn't cook it necessarily but they're bringing it out of there like they did and you're like oh, I feel and right they're walking like this they're swaying yeah yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so strange 
it's like it's the Stepford Wives it's so true though and it's like these hot women okay so this goes back into the Christian dating thing it's oh there we go we got there we got there I was gonna say if you didn't I had one for Didi and I was like all right that's my grandfather's name is we call him Didi okay got it cool but I was gonna circle into it but you did it yes we're we're circling back that's the thing about Christian men is they can look like a bag of sticks just a box full of cat turds (laughs) and the woman could be covered in facial hair a Norwegian model yeah <laughs> fucking Heidi Klum and no with, one bats a fucking eye <laughs> <laughs> but it's every and, and then there's always a sermon yeah. where the pastor will stand up and be like y'all know what God can do if you follow his word stand up Lindsley everybody goes amen <laughs> yeah, amen brother yeah 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 I'd tap that <laughs> you sit down <laughs> get mad at him <laughs> Okay. They always I, are so horny. Do you think... Yeah, they are. Do you think that... Um, Let's take a short break. Okay. And then we're going to launch into our impromptu Christian first date improv. Oh. <laughs> Passing out. <laughs> Mouth is dry. Teeth I can't are even falling talk. out. There's no fluoride. <laughs> Oh, okay. <clears throat> this is serious. This is real serious. Let's pray. Let's, uh, and let's pray. <laughs> so, I was wondering if we could improv okay. two Christians sure. on a first date. First date. I want right. you to be Ruth. Ruth. And I want to be Trevin. <laughs> okay. All right. Ruth, Trevin. Okay. Hey, Ruth. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Wait, let me start that over. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Can we get a B? Can we get a second one? I'm so sorry. What's my line? Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's my line for this improv scene? Hey, real quick. Got it. Thank you. You can't see him behind the camera. <clears throat> hey. Hey, Ruth. How are you? Good to, thanks for meeting me here. What are you? Curtsying. Oh, you're curtsying. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Hey, you right. look so beautiful. Thank you. I just got my denim skirt pressed. Oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. And I see it. It's dragging along the floor. Mm-hmm. Do you need to get it hemmed? Or? Oh, no. You can't see my ankles until we're married. If that happens. Oh, thank you for... I love a woman who sets boundaries on the mm-hmm. first date. And, and hey, thanks for meeting me here at this Red Lobster, by the way. Of this course, is my favorite welcome. spot. Yeah, I love the uh, the all-you-can-eat shrimp fest. I try well, to get my money's worth. Yeah. I'm pretty frugal. I'm trying to be like a Psalms 31, uh, Proverbs 31. Ugh, I get them mixed up. I love David's books so I much. love how much you know the Bible, by I, the way. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. I like that you wore your best flannel. Yeah, thank you. And flannel pants too. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's sort of a set. It's a matching set. <laughs> it's a, it's a old navy. So, um, so anyways, um, so why don't we have a seat? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, um, sure, sure. Then I'll just order you water. And are you gonna get, get my chair for me? Are you gonna pull it out? Oh, I'm so sorry. Here you go. Right. Please sit. I'm so glad our uh, parents set us up. It's nice of them to do that. Yeah, when they yeah. told me that uh, there was there was a beautiful. I'm sorry. May I call you beautiful? I'll allow it. It's a it's a little forward, but uh, you know I'm a little more progressive than my sisters, so I'm okay with it. You can oh call me yeah, your sisters are uh, very very God honoring young women, mm-hmm. and I've always admired that about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that being said, do you mind if I just pray over this you know moment with you? I need I just you to. Want... I need you to. I need a man to lead me. I need. I I honestly can't believe I have to say this, but like I don't really think for myself unless a man is thinking for me. And that's what my parents said about you, yeah. which is why I agreed to come on this date today. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, God, um, 
my father and my God and, and father of the universe and father of this moment and father of this red lobster, I thank you for bringing me and Ruth together. I hope that you will just put your hand on this date tonight and you get us back home by 5.30. I hope that we don't fall into lust at this red lobster. I hope that we don't fall out of your will in this red lobster. And please bless us, God. And uh, just lead, lead where your yes, spirit God. will go, and we will we will go with it. Yes, um, and amen. Amen. That's Adonai. Really good. Adonai. That's what I call God, Adonai. I call him Daddy. Wow. Yeah. How many kids do you want? Because I'll do whatever when we're married. We'll have as many kids as you want. How, what are you looking for? I'm thinking like 8 to 12. I think I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. And at this point, there's just Ruth is left at the table alone. She stares straight ahead into the basket of Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Mm-hmm. She doesn't Twelve move. and a half minutes later. Twelve and a half minutes. Trevin emerges from the Red Lobster men's room. What does he look like? What is he? Trevin is. What's what's his pallor? Like, what is he? He's wearing a backwards flat bill. Mm-hmm. He's wearing flannel shirt, mm-hmm. long sleeve flannel shirt and flannel pants. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a. Like, you know, the cross pendants that yes. have a circle in the middle? Yeah. One of those. And he is wearing Vans, but like old Vans. Oh, like old beat up Vans. Yes. Dusty Vans. Mm-hmm. He has not shaken the dust off of his feet. No. That's and what they're, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. They know no peace. <laughs> they know no peace. <laughs> Does um, he look sweaty? Is he pale? He... Does he look like he's been struggling? <laughs> he has like dark bags under his eyes. Oh, God. Just from the bathroom trip? Well, he went to the bathroom because him talking about children with Ruth sort of stirred up an erection for him. <laughs> got him got him ready to go. It was a little bit too much to even think about the future of children. Mm-hmm. And so he had to protect his heart in that moment and protect Ruth's heart in that moment and he excuse himself and rub one out in the bathroom. <laughs> oh no, he didn't even call his accountability <laughs> oh, partner. Right. He called his accountability partner. <laughs> he even called his friend Seth <laughs> yeah. who like, lives down the road. His roommate that they talk about their porn preferences all the time and how it's sinful to like porn. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he comes back with big bags. He's just come. Yeah. I knew now it. he has a clear head and he can focus on her. <laughs> And what she needs emotionally and talk about their future of children. So to answer your question, um, I want, you know, 10 or 11 children enough to tend to the farm. Mm, mm -hmm. And I would love that. Just plenty of little helpers to help when I'm making your house ready for you to come home from a long day. Yeah. You're so strong. You're so, you, you're bold. You're bold in your faith. I can tell that. My namesake would approve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like a, yeah. I, uh, I just wanted to warn you. Okay. I am called to, to missions. Oh, God. It's but I'm called to city missions. Okay? Oh, that's not so bad. Spreading the gospel okay. in a western, larger in a, city. In, like, I'm assuming a very, very, very populated area. I'm thinking San close. Francisco or LA. Okay. LA. Okay. It's just um, somewhere close to, like, a Whole Foods. Yeah. And, like... Like you know, those, those people need saving too oh my god they do i say that all the time when i'm in starbucks and i'm looking around i'm like that person needs jesus totally that when i'm at trader joe's that cashier needs and Jesus. and you know la is one of the most unchurched cities in in the u.s that's what i'm saying no one has ever heard of a mega church in los angeles they don't exist there everybody is so lost Just and so, so lost. i want to go save them i yeah. want to go save the people of san francisco yeah. i want to go save the people of new york seattle i want to pursue my modeling career 
well, I want to get my PhD. Career. Yeah. Uh, well, how does that tie in with your calling as a pastor? Like, how does modeling fit into what you want to do for the Lord? God needs soldiers in every vocation. Well, I have no reason not to believe you. That's true. At the Gap. At the Gap. Abercrombie's the, the crew Fitch. behind the, the crew. gaps photo shoots bananas needs republic bananas bananas republic i've never i don't know if that's right or not I'm yeah just, where do you shop Ruth? i shop mostly at old navy and occasionally in a goodwill you look like you make most of your clothes i did make this sweater that i have on it's covered oh, in like little kitten, felt kittens that i've sewn on right on your on your on my chest on you can say it trevin it's okay i have a chest i'm i I'm need to go to the bathroom adult. okay <laughs> 15 more minutes over <laughs> staring at the best. The waiter comes back. He checks. She doesn't look at him. It's a guy. So she doesn't even make eye contact. He pours more sweet tea. Of course, they're drinking sweet tea. Trevin has <laughs> rubbed two out in he's this had, red lobster. He's had two full loads. <laughs> he's painted the inside of the bowl with a seed. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> He's not even looked at his phone to call Seth. Mm -hmm. He's tried to turn his phone off. Yeah. <laughs> Accountability groups are a real thing, huh? They are, especially for dudes. I don't know, because I've been masquerading as a dude most of my life, so mm -hmm. I uh, only know the guy side of it. I heard a lot of the... Becca told me a lot about like female purity culture and how insane it is it for y'all. But I, accountability groups, I think when they were marketed to women, it was kind of like... If you don't pray enough, you know, it wasn't like every time you want to jack off, you. I don't think they even consider that women masturbate, do they? No. I, there's no way they think that women might no, pursue pleasure of any because kind. Because the two different purity talks, that it was always guys talked about porn, women talked about covering up and not leading men into sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just insane. And that happened a lot to me as a, as a teen. There were a lot of those talks. Yeah. None of them from a parent. All no. of them from, oh, my parents were so embarrassed that they ever boned. I was like, you have three kids. I yeah. know. Come on now. You've done it at least three so times. So they never talked to you? Well, okay. My dad tried. Um, <laughs> his idea of having the sex talk was we got in his Toyota Tundra, and it was when I was like 14. So this would have been back, oh, when did I graduate? 2010. So before that. So like 2006, roundabout, 2008 maybe. But- he drove to Nashville from Clarksville, where I'm from, and he did not say a word on 24, the interstate, until we got to Opry Mills, barely talked about sex, didn't touch on masturbation or any of yeah. it, and then we left the mall after I got a book at a Barnes & Noble, and he didn't say anything else about it ever again. Ever. I He was so huh. embarrassed. I've never seen my dad embarrassed. My dad yeah. is a pretty charming guy, loves to talk, yeah. loves to make people laugh could not talk about sex right so i learned all i needed to know from other middle schoolers and high schoolers like yeah and from my youth pastor who was struggling with a porn addiction okay yeah welcome to <laughs> everyone um <laughs> yeah. have you did you go to public school yes yeah my cousins were homeschooled everyone around me was homeschooled in our community but us okay we were we were the only fully socialized children yeah i would say because that's my parents we just recently talked to them about this because we were just as as i've been separated from church culture i'm yeah. just rehashing the stuff and sort of like 
like well, you have to for some reason you have to relive it until you hit some kind of like, yeah and new things come to me constantly yes, yeah all the time like when you said talking about dating i was like oh this story oh this yeah happened. oh this happened. so oh, we're still happened. like processing it yeah. and i was just processing part of this with my parents who like are totally fine with where I'm at and stuff and that's they, good I'm glad they're okay with yeah. it yeah that's that's uh that's got to be a relief yeah I think there's some part of it that makes them uncomfortable but for the most part they're supportive which is all you can ask for at this point really once you figure out your parents are also people yeah and you're gonna have differences there's like that to me I think is a sign of a healthy relationship it's like well like my mom always says like we we don't have to agree to love each other Right. I was like, oh, that's that's really lovely. I hope that yeah. continues through when we have kids and stuff like that. Yeah. I hope that continues. I wish more families um, understood that. But anyways, over <laughs> Christmas, we <laughs> were talking about um, like the sex education that me and my siblings received. And I think they it's not that they dropped the ball. They just assumed that the public education system was kind of doing the heavy yeah. lifting. Yeah. When really our church was doing the heavy lifting, we had very anatomical talks about sex really? in public education. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 But not at church. Church handled the emotional heavy lifting mm. and sort of like gave us our boundaries and the way of understanding it at our age. Yeah. And that was, I think just telling them all the experiences that we had was so shocking to them. They were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just trusted that they would be telling you yeah. what you needed to hear. Yeah, there's like a, a bit of neglect on that end. Not intentional on our parents, but like, I guess my parents would technically be Gen Xers. But there's like, they're not, we're, I wasn't necessarily a latchkey kid, but I was pretty close. Mm. But there was this. What is latchkey? Latchkey means you basically came home after school and raised yourself in the afternoons. Okay, like okay. they were working. Oh. And I had that a lot. Mm. But what that means is they assumed that the school was going to do it f- for them. Yeah. And they didn't bother checking up on it because why would they? They didn't know. Right. You know. Right. And so I, I have some grace for my parents on that. I was like, you. I did tell you about how embarrassing sex ed was in like mm. fifth grade, eighth grade and 10th grade. Mm-hmm. But that's not a way to like, it would humanize my parents a lot more if they had sat us down and been like, Hey, we got horny for each other. It would have embarrassed the hell out of me, but I would have like, it wouldn't me. It would have my sister. I would have been. Were your parents it. at all um, physically affectionate in oh, front yeah. of you? Okay. Yeah. They used to hug. They used to kiss in front of us. They held hands. They sit by each other. They still dote on each other constantly. They're so in love and it's lovely. So at least you had that messaging. Yeah. 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 That that has really stood out to me as like, oh, I didn't have like some of my friends have some pretty stodgy parents where yeah. it's like, why are you together? Like a very Presbyterian <laughs> yeah. style of like like American mm-hmm. Gothic. Like they always sit up. Yeah. It, I know so many of those. Yeah. They're so My parents common. weren't like that either. They were yeah. very affectionate. That's good. Yeah. Good. I, I think that's, I think goodness seeps through no matter how shitty other things are which is good totally and yeah. i think you have to give your parents grace especially in their generation yes you know mental health was very stigmatized even yeah. more stigmatized than oh, it is yeah. now yeah uh therapy was a buzzword for crazy people yeah it um, sure was my parents s- still have a hard time my mom still has a hard time talking about the fact that she was in counseling for a while yeah my dad needs it and is starting to realize he needs it mm-hmm. and doesn't want to talk about it with anybody everybody needs it everybody need at least that's what i try month. to tell Do them i'm like because I, I've been in therapy for like over a year now yeah. and um, on a weekly basis. And when I tell people in that generation, they're like, oh, are you sick? Like, is something wrong, wrong? <laughs> and I'm like, well. Just processing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but But no, it's just also, nice yeah. to ha- have a place to 
you know, a sounding board. And, and that, that's what I'm trying to communicate to them. I don't think they really understand is like, you can work on yourself without it having to be a crisis. I think I could get my dad to understand it. If I said, you know how, when you're upset and you just monologue at me for 30 minutes and I don't really know uh. how to respond to you, that's therapy. Mm. Go to therapy yeah. and the therapist knows what to say back to you. Yeah. Sometimes it's nothing at all. But don't say it to your adult child. No, no. <laughs> when my dad's point. like, I'm just I'm a failure. I can't do this, that, and the other. I was like, that's what therapy does. Yeah. It's a, it's a place to process, mm-hmm. like a place to sit with someone who doesn't care that you're going through something. Yep. Other than from an altruistic, like, hey, let's help you tinker under the hood a little bit and figure out what's going on. Totally. Yeah. Have you ever done EMDR? I really want to. I've never done it, but I've got some yeah. friends who've done it and they really responded well to it. Yeah. I think I would too. I'm going through it right now, and um, How you feel it's, about it? it's very effective, surprisingly effective. Really? It, like, okay. hyper-accelerates the process. What oh, so it, like, jiggles it loose for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're, like, you're like reprocessing the moment. Like, your brain oh. is reprocessing the moment and then okay. spinning it in the way that you can heal. And it's, like... I would love that. Quick, like, healing and, pro- and like, just processing. It's, it's Drive-through processing. It's dry. Yeah, it's fast food. But it's good quality. It's, it's like driving through yeah. McDonald's like a and getting a fillet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. DMDR is the Chipotle of fast food. I have a game for you. Ooh, I love games. All right, let's do games. So since we're talking about, <laughs> since we're talking about uh, dating, uh, you know, on the topic of purity, things oh, like that. Good. good. I would like to play. Okay. Do you have to bounce your eyes? Do you have to bounce your eyes? Oh. Do you know bounce? bouncing your eyes? No. What's that? <laughs> this is a buzzword. I don't understand. Okay. Okay. Let me pack it for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, bouncing your eyes is a tactic that was used in my youth group for men when they saw something that might give their pee-pee a heartbeat. They would just look at it and bounce their eyes. And that's what they told so guys to do. So they'd turn their eyes to heaven? They'd turn their eyes to anything but the cleavage. <laughs> Literally anything? Okay. Yeah. All so right. let's practice. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. I've, I've perfected that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to bounce your eyes? Do you have to bounce your eyes? Okay. Close your eyes and put yourself in the shoes of your middle school self. Oh, they still fit. I had the same size shoes. <laughs> in a world where all you want is to be God's special little someone... You are bombarded by lustful thoughts at every corner. Oh, God. So true. You're horny and you're holy. Yep. Your only hope? The eye bounce. Okay. Like a deflating balloon on a windy day, you wield the <laughs> oh, eye bounce no. with discretion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm there. All right. A tank top that does not meet the three-finger rule. Gotta bounce them eyes. You're bouncing already? Oh, yeah. Horny. Horny. Okay. So horny, teen. Teen's so horny. What is it about that part of the shoulder that would have caused you to bounce? God, it's just skin. It's just I grew up around so many denim skirts and long sleeve shirts. So just the look just of skin. skin. Just like, oh, you're a person underneath all of that. Uh, I'm going to paint myself in a good light here. But yeah, it was okay. skin. It was like, skin. oh, that's a nice. I like the, the collarbone. The collarbone was attractive. Yeah, me. yeah. But it's like different. It's like the part of the skin. Like yeah. if you saw this. That's not like. Yeah, so yeah. like the bottom of my hand. Here. Oh, it's so like anything. The bust part. Like oh. it's the it's the it's 
the promise of cleavage. But it's not low cut. This is just no. the three finger it doesn't rule have on the to shoulder. Be cleavage. It doesn't have to be cleavage. It's the illusion of there could be. Um, For me, it's the mystery. Okay, yeah, got it. Got to bounce in line. Um, a bare gyrating ankle. Mm, I don't have to bounce my eyes at that. Okay, Everybody so it's ankles. not all skin. It's not all skin. Okay, it's, I would say. I think it's the promise of more. I think it's the, <laughs> the hope of a future that I look forward to. Yeah, in a yeah, way. yeah. In a metaphorical sense. I would say the ankle is the collarbone of the leg. Huh. I, I don't feel that way about the ankle. Okay, fair enough. Now, like you got an ankle bracelet on. I like jewelry. That might do something. Don't know. Haven't looked into it. Got it. <laughs> a Southern Living magazine. A Southern what? A Southern Living magazine okay. with a 40-year-old woman in tight jeans riding a horse. I don't think I have to bounce my eyes for that. Are you going to even inquire, like, what position she's in? Sure. Okay. Yeah. What I'll does play she the look game. like? <laughs> I'll play the game. Okay. Yeah. What's she sitting? How's she sitting on this horse? Um... Side, side saddle, saddle. sides. God damn it! <laughs> side saddle. Nah, I, I've got like a fantasy thing. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. Yeah. So like Arwen and Lord of the Rings. A fantasy huh? about side saddle? No, just like fantasy in general. Ah, the genre. Like the okay. genre of fantasy was big for me. Was big. <laughs> Is a big thing for me. Got it. Wow. So, <laughs> what a fucking so, nerd. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. A huge Love weeb. It. <laughs> yeah. Loves it. Okay. I've got Naruto on my wallet bag over there. Wow. Yeah. Hot. So you would bounce. <laughs> She's trying to get me out of here. So I was like, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Oh, God. A 30-year-old loser. Get out of here. Oh, okay. Bye. I'm just waving like an uncle. Bye. <laughs> you are so chaotic. Um, okay. So side saddle causes you to bounce. Yeah. Side saddle would do it. Okay. Is she attractive, 40-year-old? Do I? Well, okay. I don't know that I Can I be honest? I don't think I would bounce my eyes because I don't know this woman. I have no connection to her. So you need an emotional connection? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. I don't think the 13-year-old boys in my youth group needed an emotional connection to bounce. I did. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, who's a 40-year-old woman celebrity that you have oh, a connection man. with? Oh, man. A connection with? Uh, yeah. Liv Tyler, probably. Liv Tyler? Yeah. Maybe like a Jennifer Garner? I don't know if you... Jennifer Garner might have done it. I okay. was big into Alias. Okay. Is that who that is? Right? No idea. I think you mean alien. That's Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Well, yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Oh Come on. Oh, my God. She so is powerful queen. and just so commanding. I'm like, oh, yes, ma'am. I love Full her. salute. <laughs> okay. A breathable chino short that just grazes the upper knee. I ain't bouncing for that. Okay. I ain't bouncing for that. I'm I've seen hearing, calves. I'm hearing that you're an upper body person. Mostly. Got yeah. it. Okay. I, there were like a certain kind of jeans that a girl would wear in middle and high school that just. They're like those leggings that were big a couple of years ago that like perfectly cupped the ass. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. These girls would wear these jeans and they were always like a bright color, oh. like the bright blue denim. Oh, and buckle baby. Yeah, yeah. And they had the the big like faded middle section. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? And they were kind of Makes the cut. thigh look plump. It does. It like yeah. grabs like a sausage casing. Yeah. <laughs> it just absolutely. I was like, yeah. Did that. it have like, like metal accoutrement oh yeah it had yeah it looked like somebody going with a rivet gun and just yes, meow, exactly. meow. That's yeah, buckle. Just, <laughs> not sponsored by buckle not sponsored by but buckle. i will yeah i'll take your money i don't care give it to loggins do it i will do it buckle she'll take send it. send me your pants send, send her your pants okay an arm holding a banana oh god is it like kirk cameron's arm is he in this at it's all it's a it is a 
<laughs> just like my arm holding a banana. No, that's weird. Don't imagine my arm. Okay, I won't imagine your arm. It's All like right. like y- your arm holding a banana. So it's my meaty forearm and my ape paw holding a banana. No, I just think I'm like gearing up to play Donkey Kong 64. No bounce dies there. Okay. It's Sigourney Weaver's arm holding oh, a banana. I'm going to have to bounce the eyes. Really? Do I know it's her arm? No. I don't know it's, but I intuit. I'm like, mm, I recognize Sig- that jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freckle on the back of the hand. Is I've seen that before. She's <laughs> an award-winning actress, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. From Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. That's Zool, baby. <laughs> oh, she. Uh, th- I love her. Okay. She's so good. She's incredible. Uh, a semi-attractive person making eye contact with you while singing the words sloppy wet kiss. Yeah, I'm going to have to bounce the eyes. Yeah. Youth you know what I'm wife. talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. How he loves. Are you kidding me? Mm, I get yeah. into this. I get into this discussion anytime I can with a former youth group kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you realize how weird that is? Was your church a unforeseen kiss oh, no, we or a sloppy, sloppy wet? wet yeah. The, the, so the your shoes are off. Yeah. My shoes are fully off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were dancing. We had mosh pits in our youth group. We uh, did the what whole What did nine. that mean? We did mosh pits like during worship. Grinding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, no, but we were like oh. speed pits, circling, running. And during yeah. How He Loves, we were just all like laid out on the floor, like crying. I remember the first time I heard it. I think it was because the woman singing it was both beautiful and a talented singer. But I was yeah. just like, God is real. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a youth pastor's wife too. Yeah. That was a youth pastor's wife? Oh, yeah. She could sing like an angel. They were in like oh. a 90s Christian rock band called Desperate Little Children, <laughs> which is like the most 90s. That is That's so funny. such a 90s <laughs> band name. God. And they were like playing with the uh, like uh, audio adrenaline and stuff. Like they opened for oh. them a few times. So they were they were doing pretty well before Damn. they stopped doing a lot of touring. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Okay, so so that that is an eye bounce for you. That's an eye bounce for me fully. Okay. That song just it's just you get swept away in it as a teen. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It really takes you places. Right to Bonertown. Yeah. <laughs> you know um John Mark McMillan. Do you know of him? That name's very familiar. He wrote that song. Okay. All right. And he went through sort of a deconstruction process of his own. Did he really? Yeah, he wrote an album about it. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. Uh I like do you listen to Simler at all? I'm interviewing her next you've got similar coming on yeah dang that's cool yeah oh that's awesome i know that's so cool i'm really excited <laughs> <It's so neat. laughs> but but her music is so good oh it's my so God. good yeah. and the fact that she got to play with reliant k is no small feat I either know. um Ugh. gunger did you ever listen to gunger nah maybe maybe he, i don't know he or him and his wife did the song um you make beautiful things you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did that a lot. Uh, yeah. Especially when I was like in mentoring to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a big song at the time. So we went through that okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, he deconstructed fully and um, I read his book and it's very, he's like into like consciousness. Like he's, he's very like, uh, I don't know. Is he headed in like a new agey direction? Yeah, right? he's yeah. expanded in a direction that I can really relate to. Yeah, I think, it's I think like that's really the direction cool. I'm kind of headed. Is like really? a like consciousness. I still think something's out there. It's hanging out with Charlie. Like that's what it does. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's attractive. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, getting into meditation a little bit and, and getting into like drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly like psychedelics. Yeah, yep. but they are, they have a weird way of connecting you whether it's real or not or what is real and then all that stuff but like connecting you with more than yourself and getting you outside of your own head 
Yeah. And I don't know. It just leads to some really cool encounters with people in the world. And I dig that. Yes. Feels way more real than being afraid all the time of hell, uh, which I don't prefer. And I don't want to still struggle with that. Yeah. Oh, uh, since I hit 30 and it's not the end of my life, but since I hit 30, I've had like a lot of existential crises that have just popped up and it's been like, what if, what if you're, what if they're all right and you go to hell? Like, Damn. you've been wrong this whole time. So you're not afraid of. So when I, when I left the church, my biggest thing was death anxiety, mm-hmm. just not existing. But I was never afraid I've got of that hell. Too. You yeah. have both. I have that too. Is like I don't want it to just be over. That doesn't feel right or fair. Mm. Like, if it's just lights out, like if we go to sleep and don't wake up, that doesn't seem fair either because what there's got to be more to do and experience like that we can experience in this shell Mm. there's got to be more out there and we're i've seen someone die like i watched a person in a bed die and they left like the light leaves the eyes it's got to go somewhere like and what does that become how does experience change like how does consciousness change when it leaves as far as you can see in front of your eyes or experience with your ears or your breath, like where does it go? What does it experience? And like, it just lights out. That is frightening more than anything. Some Mm. people, when I hear them talk about, they have a lot of peace about it, but I never have because it's never made any sense to me. It's like, there's gotta be something else. Like I struggled with that. Um, I hit some real low points struggling with that actually this past year. I finally, finally made it to a small island of peace. What 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 island did you find? Well, and how did you get there? Honestly, therapy really mm. helped. Um, I don't know if you have a therapy practice right now. Not right but now. I've been in and out so much. A lot of it is like finances keep it. It's difficult. it's so inaccessible. I'm very yes. grateful I'm able to do it, but I'm I need to cut back on how often I'm doing it just for that reason. I tried it a month, once a month and I couldn't afford it. It yeah. got and I found someone I liked. Yeah. Damn, I'm that sorry sucks. about that. Yeah, it's a hard road. Well, I will say that giving myself permission to explore other um afterlife myths or beliefs from different religions and different walks of life really helped me. Um, my shrooms experience really helped me. Shrooms experiences have really helped me. Um, but mostly I think the one thought that it would suck not to exist. Right. Yeah. But we haven't existed for billions of years and it's never caused us any inconvenience. And if I think about what makes meditation so peaceful, what makes becoming just a cloud of sensation and just being and just listening so peaceful maybe there's a part of us that we wouldn't be able to handle experience for longer than a certain amount of time and our natural state is to be an unconscious energetic part of the universe which is unsatisfying if you're in that i don't know it can still be really an unsatisfying answer but i i I think if this is all that there is, then in a way this is infinity. Like if our life is all like this little blip of us being here and then the rest doesn't exist to us, then this in a way is our, is our infinity. And so (laughs) what you're experiencing right now in life is the main course and all things that can be deeply depressing if you look at them (laughs) the wrong way, but (laughs) 
<laughs> which I can be prone to doing. Yeah. So yeah, but that is beautiful. There's an artistic poet. There's a poetry to it that I don't hate. Yeah. It just leaves me deeply unsatisfied. I know. I as know. an experience seeker, you know. I still feel that as well. Um, and I, this year I turned 25. Yeah. Which sent me into a uh, depression about aging that I haven't felt before. I don't know if you felt that. Oh, I hit it really hard this year. I would say developmentally, like going to college later after like some hardship and basically growing up alongside uh, my peers, which are your age, who are quite a bit younger than me. Five years isn't that much, but the gulf of experience changes, I think. But we're going through things at a similar point in our lives man just like coming to terms with one day my joints are only gonna hurt and it's gonna be hard to see and smell and hear and it's already hard to see and hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i as a youth just banged on drums until i couldn't hear for days afterwards and then it came back and i was like yeah it's probably fine yeah you know it's like one day i'll have used up the vessel yeah like the ship will power down for one last time and then I'll have to turn the lights off and go. I will say, for, I'm that is just one thing. Like yeah. I, I don't have a, I don't feel the same way about the afterlife every day. I'm also very attracted right. to the idea of energy can't be destroyed. Oh, that one, that one is my saving grace. Is because yeah. I've seen it in. I'm very much a doubting Thomas, as like a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, the things I've seen have led me to kind of agree with some spiritual things that before I would have probably poo-pooed a couple of years ago. Yeah. But the idea that you can't create or destroy anything means it it's just a like the the nature of things is to evolve. So what's yeah. evolving past these what's evolving past this vessel? But if that's true then where did our energy come from? Yeah. Are we what what were we pulled from? What were yeah. we culled from? You right. Know? And do we go back to that or do we go on to the next thing? Yeah. What is that? Mm. And and like, you know, is that the karmic wheel? Is that the wheel of uh, reincarnation? Is that is that heaven? Mm. You know, what is that? And is it both? Is it none? What do we, who, who are we? Who is God? What yeah. is God? Like all that stuff is super fascinating and people spend their whole lives debating it. Yeah. And, you know, if it gets too much, I try to zero back in to my focus now which is to do good while i'm here because it's good for everyone right um not just for my friends but for the whole world if i do good while i'm here it's good for me and it's good for others i feel that too and i'm i think you and i might have in common that we can really get in our heads about things and just think and think and think i love thinking it's great But it can be detrimental yeah you get stuck in the cycle the wheels are turning like you 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 waste a lot of gas in the driveway you don't ever really go anywhere right it takes a long time to make a decision if you're a philosopher so to speak yes and i think about these things so much that i've finally been able to give myself permission to to accept that maybe the purpose of life is just to experience and that I can't control what happens and maybe it doesn't matter what happens, which is really hard because you really want to know. You really, really want to know. You hope there's a point to some degree. Yeah, but maybe like this is the point right now. (laughs) Well, this is a nice moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad I had this. I'm connected to hundreds of people. Right. You know what I mean? Our ex- well, thousands. Our experience is not uncommon. Uh, 
that's pretty neat. Yeah. And it led to this moment. All the choices we've made, all the experiences we've had have led to this, which will lead to others yeah. until we're done. And we are bonded in our human experience with yeah. every other person that lives at the same time as us. Yeah. And everyone will go through it. Everyone, everyone. to some degree will suffer, feel joy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of nice. I yeah. like that. thanks so much for coming of course anytime so fun yeah it was great i'll do it anytime for sure should should we be friends absolutely i thought we were anymore i I know but like (laughs) like friends you know like pals yeah let's be pals okay that'd and be i'll great. dish anytime yeah i love it so I much i love that it's so much fun what can we promote for you oh uh well you can check out youth group survivor support group if you came here from that hey thanks for stopping by again but you can check that out anywhere you get podcasts it's a mm-hmm. lot of fun it's mostly comedic now we 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 did all our trauma dumping on the first 20 episodes and then now we mostly like it's so funny guys you <laughs> <laughs> really like it i i do sketches try to try to do bits and then charlie screams and then becca uh talks about how she was bullied for liking horses and then oh, <laughs> poor becca becca is honestly the best of us she is the most talented speaker she's so funny Her, she's also like a sniper she's so good yeah she she's comes like, in with these like quick little witty things oh, and yeah. i don't even hear them until my brain has time to process them but by then she's she's like, already on to the, the next cre- show yeah. yeah she's already done that's becca is one of my best friends charlie is as well and it is a privilege to have known them for three four years and to watch their growth and to do a show together that helps people out. I love the reach we've had. And now we're just reviewing shitty Kirk Cameron movies and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And VeggieTales, which we love. They're all good. Who oh my knew? Gosh. Um, so yeah, you can check that out anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, if you are in the Nashville area, when is this coming out? This week. This week? This Thursday. Great. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Nashville area, every Friday night at Third Coast Comedy Club for this whole month, I will be performing in main stage comedy shows Ooh. this month. Yep. I'm taking a little hiatus because I got in a show, so I'm rehearsing for that. Okay. So oh, what show? show. Uh, Puffs. It is a satirical play about Harry Potter. So we're hey. making fun of Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, keep me posted. That sounds I, great. I will. It's a lot of improv. It's a lot of like, isn't this stupid about Harry Potter? I get to get my jabs <laughs> in at J.K. Rowling, which is worth <laughs> oh, every penny. Yeah. Um, but you can check that out. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DumDumDylan. That's where I do a lot of like artwork because I also do some like graphic design and stuff. Mm. Um. If you like D&D, we'll probably do some more D&D later this year. But that's really all the stuff I have going on currently. In D&D, I'm a forest gnome. I'm 300 years old with huge tits. And my name is Bixie Tinkerfoot. Bixie? Are you an artificer? What are you? Um, <laughs> I'm a wizard. That's awesome. I yeah. love spell slingers. They're so useful. Yeah. I'm. Ugh. This is my first time playing D&D. I haven't met with them in like two months, but that's D&D. Uh, yeah. You get really excited. You play one time and then you don't see them for six months and yeah. then you get back together and you're like, this is fun. Why I do have I do no this idea every what week? I'm doing. You I don't think the have build to. I picked is really, really hard to play. Wizards are hard. Well, cause yeah. you, you're given so many, sp- this is the second offshoot podcast we start. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And now we launch into the church D&D. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll log off. We'll log off. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.